All right. Well, it is a joy and a privilege to get to share the word. Give it up for those teenagers who have been helping out to start with. They're doing awesome. I did not force any of them to do any of those positions, seriously. They really did volunteer. I had to tug on a few hearts, but not a whole lot. They, uh, they did it, and they uh, went through it. So uh, they did a good job, and we still got one more at the end who's going to come close us out in prayer here at the end, so uh, she'll do a great job as well. So this morning, we are going to be in James chapter 1, so go ahead and turn your Bibles there if you have your Bible with you. James chapter 1. And so... Kind of on the mindset of going to D now, um, we go to D now, we go to camps and all that stuff as a youth group, and there's this thing that we like to call a camp or D now weekend high, okay? And you're like, well, you sh shouldn't be using those words at church. Well, it is true. It, you go to camps and you go to D now and you're surrounded for 24 hours, five days, wherever you go, however long the event is, and you're surrounded by Christians. You sing um, Christian music, you sing awesome worship songs, you hear great messages being taught, you go to Bible study in small groups, and your friends, you're surrounded by Christians the entire time. And so after that experience, you're like, my relationship's gonna be so much better with God. I'm gonna read my Bible every day, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna go to church every time the doors are open, and I'm just going to be a much better Christian and a much better person. And what I found out is that usually lasts about a week, maybe two weeks, and then they're the same person that they were before. And it breaks my heart as a youth minister, but if we're being honest, teenagers aren't the only one who do that. Adults do it as well. We go through a spiritual experience, and we're like, oh God, if you just provide this for me, I promise I'll always go to church. I'll never say those things again, and all that stuff, and God provides for you, and yet you don't do any of those things you promised God that you would do. And so this morning, we're going, to do, we're going to talk a little bit about how our faith needs to be in action for God out of James chapter 1. And so as we come to worship this morning, I hope that you'll focus your heart and mind um, by turning in the Word of God to the Scripture here. And so you'll want to make sure you're in James chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 22 through 25. And as we get started, I want to know, has anybody ever had any trouble repairing something or fixing something? Let's be honest this morning. All my men are trying to keep their hands down, I'm sure. But let's be honest with ourselves. We've had some trouble repairing stuff, okay? I'm not a very good handyman, but I want to be, okay? I'm just going to be transparent with you. I want to be that like manly man who knows how to fix everything on the vehicle and fix the toilet when it's broken and, that, and the sinks and redo my cabinets and all that stuff. But just being honest with myself and honest to my wife this morning, I'm not that guy very often. I like to be. I want to be. And so, however, there is a little thing that I like to do that makes me feel more confident in doing these things, and that is a little thing called YouTube. And it is the greatest invention of all time. Alright, so in YouTube, you can YouTube anything on how to fix anything. This past summer, our washer went haywire. I don't know what was wrong with it. Found out, did some Googling, that's another good resource, Googling and YouTubing, found out that a little thing called the suspension rods went out of it. Well, after it was all said and done, I felt like I was an appliance repairman. I had the washer ripped apart, I had all this stuff apart, I had the parts, and I had my wrenches out, and I ended up fixing that, that thing, and I felt pretty good about myself. In fact, I feel like, I've, well, I've done several projects based off of YouTube, how to, how to do trim, maybe how to replace the alternator in my truck, whatever it is. I've YouTube these things. YouTube makes me feel so confident in myself that I think I could perform surgery if I had to. There are <laughs> videos on that. And so, you watch the video over and over a lot of the times and you learn how to do stuff because you want to make sure that you get it right because if you leave something out, most of the time, you'll end up messing it up. You'll forget where a screw goes or you'll forget to tighten a certain, whatever it is, you're going to forget stuff. You need to follow the instructions and do what it says to have success. 
And so I did, and my washer was fixed. And now that's not to say after several aggravated hours at it, but it got fixed nonetheless. This morning, James is going to speak to us about hearing the Word of God and actually doing the Word of God. We're going to look in James chapter 1. Let's go ahead and read that here. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. It says this, But be doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the Word, and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not forgetful here, but a doer who works. This person will be blessed in what he does. Let's pray this morning. God, thank you so much just for the chance that we get to worship your name this morning. God, so many around the world this morning are facing persecution. God, so I pray for them. Father, Lord, I pray for them and the comfort and the peace that only you can provide. And this morning, as we're sitting here comfortably in a sanctuary that's, that's heated and, that, and is brightly lit, Father, I pray that we would be thankful for that. Father, Lord, I pray this morning that whatever distractions we come in here with, God, Lord, whatever's weighing on our hearts, God, we can put those to the side for now, God, so that we can hear your word clearly. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So James is speaking to us here um, about hearing and about doing. This is a fairly elementary sermon. It's a very simple thing. In fact, that's the main point this morning. We're going to learn this morning that there are two things that we are to be and one thing that we are not to be. And so the first thing that you are to be is point number one, and that's simply to be a doer. All right, so be a doer. James says this literally in the first verse. He says, but be doers of the word. And so what does that mean? Let's think about that for a minute. This is a familiar passage, first of all, before we get there. David Platt, former president of the IMB, the International Mission Board, says that James chapter 1, verse 22, is the theme verse of the entire book of James. Because that's the point James is trying to get across, is that we need to not only know and have all the knowledge of Scripture, but we need to actually implement it and apply it. This verse sums up the entire practical side of what it means to follow Jesus. And so, of course, we should be doers of the Word. Why wouldn't we want to be doers of the Word? The Word of God calls us to action. It changes our lives, it changes our minds, and it changes our hearts. And he says that if we are only hearers of the word, though, we deceive ourselves. And so what does this deception look like? When we say we believe one thing but don't act upon it, it really is like we don't believe it at all. I mean, how hypocritical of us if we say that we believe everything this Bible says, but we're not doing it. We're, we're double-minded is what the verse chap, or excuse me, chapter 1 verse 8 says is that we have a double mind is what James refers to it as. And so we can hear the word of God every day, three times a day, and it will not bring benefit to us unless we act upon it. I heard it once said that one must become or keep on becoming a doer of the word and not just a hearer. It's a lifelong, everyday process. It's not just a one-time thing where you hear all this stuff and say, I'm going to do it immediately. You have to continually read God's word and dwell upon his word because it is our roadmap for our life. It is what we should dwell upon to guide our lives. Plain and simple, it's not just enough to hear God's word. We must keep doing it over and over again. This leads us to point number two this morning. We're going we're gonna to roll quick, all right? Don't neglect the word, okay? Verses 23 and 24 says this, But if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, he goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. 
Now, originally when I was kind of typing this up, I kind of wanted to call this point, don't be forgetful, because I think that's the premise of it, but I think there's more to it than just mere loss of memory. I think it seems to be a neglectful thoughtfulness, um, because a disregard for what one looks like is simply neglectful if we already see it. I mean, this could be a foolish person who literally forgets what he looks like after just looking at himself. I mean, that's crazy if you think about it. Imagine if I brought Donnie up here. We'll use Donnie, our pastor, for example. If I brought him up here and showed him himself in a mirror, he might scare himself, but he's, he is going to look at himself in the mirror. And if I took the mirror away and then I laid a couple images out of, of maybe one of him and a couple other people, and I said, which one is you? And he re replied, I don't know which one is me. I mean, that would be foolish if you think about it because the man just looked at himself. But that's exactly what James is saying. You would think that that person is crazy because you just looked at it. This verse could also potentially mean something a little different. It could refer to the negligent person who doesn't seem to care what he or she looks like. I mean, this is not normally the case for a mirror, if you think about it. Typically, we aren't negligent when looking into a mirror. Usually, we look into a mirror to see what flaws need to be corrected. Is my hair just right? Is there something in my teeth? Whatever it is, we're looking um, in a mirror to, to fix something, more than likely. The negligent person is a person who will simply look at himself in the mirror and then doesn't care how they're supposed to look. They'll be like, yeah, well, my hair is crazy, but oh well. There is something in my teeth. Oh, well, there's a booger hanging out of my nose. Whatever it is, I don't care. I'm just going to let it go, right? That's a negligent person. Just like to many... So, now the mirrors in the ancient world were not the same as we have today. They were usually a, a highly polished metal. Just like today, people would look into them, though, to mirror, to see themselves. And you see a mirror is used for showing us what we look like. And once we establish how we want to look, we look at again to make sure that we have attained that image because that's what we want to do. We want to look like a certain way. We say that, oh, my hair's not supposed to flop this way. It's supposed to go there. That little piece of hair's messed up. I have something in my teeth. There, the earring is supposed to go this way. Whatever it is, we're trying to fix something. And in a similar way, James says that if we do not do what the Word of God tells us, it's like looking in a mirror and missing the mark of remembering what we are supposed to look like, or wor worse yet, not caring if we're supposed to look like that at all. So, it's foolish to hear the Word of God and not do what it says. It's foolish, but that's our problem in today's world, right? We love to come to church and we know what Scripture says. We're quick to point out when people are living wrong. We're quick to use Scripture to prove our points on certain to uh, topics and subjects. However, many of us choose to neglect the Scripture that we don't want to follow. We choose to, to, to put away the ones that are talking about cursing. We don't want to listen to that, right? Because slip, we sl slip up and say little words every once in a while, but it, it's okay, I go to church, you know? Or we put, put certain things away when it talks about gossiping. Well, it's not gossiping, but it's the truth, brother, right? No, that's wrong. It's still gossiping or about adultery, whatever it is. So many people know Scripture, they know that it's wrong, but yet we still actively choose to do it. I mean, how much more hypocritical could we get, people, if we know what the Bible says and we go to church and we, we say we love God and we worship God, we say, I attend Cecilia Baptist Church. I come to youth on Wednesday nights. I go to Sunday school. I've been a member of this club here at church for 20 years. What? It doesn't matter. We come to church and we know the word, but yet the next day at work, they have no idea that we're even a Christian. The next day when we go to school, they have no idea. If we were to tell them a Christian, they would be embarrassed for the other Christians in the room probably because of the way you talk or the way that you act, or the way that you treat people, or what you post on Facebook, and how you slander people and talk about people. We have to be careful in what we're doing, because this leads us to the sub-point today, is that we have to stop going to church. We have to stop going to church. We have to be the church. 
I want you to listen to that carefully this morning. We have to stop just going to church. I want you to be here, but we have to stop just going to church. We have to stop just coming to fill a pew to say, well, I gave my, gave my tithe today. I put it in the offering plate. I, I shared a little verse on Facebook this morning, so I look good. I came to church. I worshiped and all that stuff. But then you leave, and you're a completely different person. You don't do any of the stuff that you said that you promised God that you would do or that you promised to do when you come into a relationship with Jesus. Some of you all have been Christians for years and still act like you're a baby little infant Christian. I know because I hear conversations and, and I don't want us to be like that. We're all guilty of it to an extent. But it's time that we move past that and we actually be the church that God has called us to be. We're not just Cecilia Baptist Church. We're part of a greater church, a much better church than what we could ever be, and that is simply the church of Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian and you have a relationship with Jesus, we are a part of a much greater cause than just Cecilia Baptist Church. It is important to meet here and gather as a family and worship together, but we're also a part of a much bigger, much greater one, and that's the part that we have to start doing. We need to stop just filling a pew and say, saying that we're Christians. It's time that we actually implement that we are Christians. Let's clean up our talk. Let's start actually talking about Jesus instead of saying all those bad things that we say. Let's post about Jesus instead of posting all the bad things that you say on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Let's start actually being the church. Just as a mirror is useless if we don't use it for its purpose or if we don't remember what we look like, likewise, listening to the teachings of the Bible alone is not beneficial to us. We must do what it calls us to do. Finally, James brings us uh, to the last point here in today, which is number three, be blessed by being a doer. Verse 25 says this, but the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. James says, if you do the word, if you don't neglect it, but if you look intently into the word, which he calls the perfect law of freedom, you will be blessed. We want to look fully and deeply into the word of God to see what it says for our lives. And some people view Bible reading and study as a burden. We do. Um, such as an unwanted task like cleaning our bathrooms or taking out the trash or flossing. We think that they're pointless because they're just going to get dirty again. However, the word of God is like a vault. It's full of riches just waiting to be opened for you. In fact, it's already been opened. We just need to open it ourselves. We're, we're free to use it in its richness. It's foolish not to use it. We have intentionally, we need to intentionally look into it and see its richness. God, the creator of all things, wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to love you. He wants to show you the plan that he has for your life, but it's up to us to want to see that for ourselves. We need to listen intently and he, to hear what he is saying. The idea here is to look for where we are lacking and where we can improve. We need to examine the Word of God and then examine our own lives to see how it matches. Just like in the mirror illustration, when we know what we're supposed to look like and we know what we, or we know what we want to look like, we need to look into the mirror to see if we match up to what we say we want to look like. If it doesn't, then we adjust ourselves. The same goes for our spiritual walk. Adjust yourselves. If you don't like a certain way that you are, you can adjust that you are in control of your own spiritual walk. We must look into the Word of God to see how our lives are supposed to look and then adjust our lives accordingly. You know, this, when it, uh, excuse me, when it comes to the perfect law, what it uh, refers to there in that verse, you know, this is the law that is found in 
Christ. It's not the Old Testament law in the sense that we are bound to rituals, ceremonies, or nothing like that. It's talking about the law of Christ, the law that gives freedom. The law in the Old Testament created burdens and expectations which we could not meet. However, the law in the New Testament is fulfilled in Jesus and offers us freedom through Christ. Often we don't think of a law as freedom. We think of it as something that binds us to a particular set um, of rules or whatever it is. However, the law of Christ is the only thing that will set us free. We are set free from the bondage of sin and death because of Christ. We are set free to live for Jesus and live the lives that we were created to live. You know, John said, said it best, I mean, excuse me, Jesus said it best in John chapter 8. He says, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. James lays out these four steps that we can take so that we can be blessed. Step one was look intently into the Word. Step two was continue once you find something to keep looking in the Word. Step three was don't forget about what you discover. And step four was do what you have learned. Let it change your life. And so this morning, what are we going to do with this information? As we conclude up this morning, what are we going to do with this information? How are we to be doers of the Word? Well, first of all, I think we need to ask ourselves what it means to love the Word of God. Many of us claim to love the Word. We claim to come to church and that we, we know the Word of God backwards and forward. And we can tell you how many books are in the Old Testament, the New Testament, how many commandments we are. We know them by heart. All that stuff. We have heard the Word of God. But James makes it clear that knowledge alone is not enough. Hearing is not enough. We cannot measure our true love of the Word of God by how many verses we can recite, whether we know the Old Testament from the New Testament or answer to which man succeeded Judas as an apostle, if we're getting that deep into it. However, our love for God's Word can truly be measured by the way we love our families and the amount of time we spend in prayer for our lost neighbors and the unreached people of the world and our sacrifices for those in need. Our true love of God can be seen in our repentance of selfishness and greed and apathy and racism and bigotry our true love of God's word can be seen in devotion to the helplessness and that we have when it comes to that. Our true love of the Bible can be seen in our selfless sacrifice for the accomplishment of God's mission in the world. Our true love of the scriptures can be seen in extending forgiveness to those who have sinned against us. And our true love of the teachings of Jesus can be seen in investing in, training in, and developing new disciples. Genuine affections for the Bible are evident by putting aside our own preferences to accomplish the mission that God has given the church today. Knowledge alone is not enough. Knowledge without, obe obedience, without obedience is foolishness. The Word of God is powerful. As we get ready to wrap up today, I want to know how many of you all have a newer iPhone? Or a newer phone in general. Sorry, my Android lovers. Um, so, if we have a phone, right? Well, nobody's raising their hand. Nobody has a phone. Okay, cool. Um, I guess I'm the only one. Mine's sitting over there in the pew. So with the, with the new phones, right, there's always new technology going around, whatever it is. The biggest thing about the new iPhone, Android lovers, I can't speak for you, but I think I've heard it's true. The new thing about iPhone is how great the camera quality is, right? So the camera quality um, on these phones are super, super good. They can zoom in real far. They can see every blemish in your face, and they can see every uh, pimple that you might have, whatever it is. People have actually uh, reviewed it saying that they don't like how good these cameras are because it shows every single flaw on their face. in those nice pictures that they're able to take. 
The Bible is sometimes quick to point out things for us that are uncomfortable for us to either hear, or to see, or to feel. We can choose to ignore it or to forget about it. know Jesus. We may think we're okay by simply knowing the Word of God, but we are being foolish and we are deceiving ourselves. We must do what the Word of God tells us to do. And after we know what it means to love the Word of God, we must do it. We must listen and do. We must let it shape our lives. So let's remember this, church. Perhaps the bottom, this bottom line will help you remember this truth, is that simply do not neglect to be a doer because doers are blessed. Take this truth to heart. Be a doer, don't be neglectful, and be blessed by doing. So here's a challenge for this week. List in your head some ways that you have done the word this week. Thank God for the grace to be obedient and continue to be a doer. List areas of the word that you're tempted to neglect. Let's be honest with ourselves of, of, of whether it's laws or sins that we know in our own lives that we're very tempted to do that we tend to think that, well, it's just a little bitty sin. It doesn't matter. Let's be honest with ourselves and write it down or think about it in our head in ways that we can improve that, what we can do instead of that. And we need to search the word intently this week. Don't give up. Search until God gives you something and then search some more. You know, we are to all search God's word and do what it says. But before you get there, some of you may still be searching for something else. Some of you may be searching for the meaning, purpose, or significance in your life. You know, God has what you're looking for. God is searching for you, and he has what you need. And so maybe you're here this morning, and you don't know what it means to have a relationship with Christ. You've never heard about the redeeming love that Christ um, has to offer you and what he has done for you. So maybe this morning, that's where you need to start. Maybe you start with developing a relationship with Jesus because God is convicting that on your heart right now. Um, and you start there. I would love to talk to you about that. Brother Donnie would probably love to talk to you about that. Whoever. We'd love to talk to you about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Then for some of us, some of us have already had that. But some of us are a little, feeling a little guilty this morning. Some of us are feeling a little guilty because we know that we don't do the word. We know that we know the word. And we know that it says don't cuss. We know that it says don't um, neglect all these things. But yet we still do all of these things. And so this morning, maybe you should start there. Maybe you need to be on this altar praying and asking God for forgiveness to renew your life in Him so that you can actually be a follower of Christ that you promised Him that you would be. And so this morning, all of us have a decision to make. I hope that you would make the right decision for Christ this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just this time we can worship you, the ability that we have to worship you. God, thank you for your word. God, so many times we're not thankful enough for your word, God, and what it says and how it is a roadmap to our lives. God, sometimes we think that we know the word and that's good enough, God, but I pray that this morning that we would come to understand that, God, that it's more than just about knowing your word, God, it's about doing your word. God, because if we're not doing exactly what you tell us to do, we're just simply hypocrites. Father, Lord, I pray that we would want more out of our walk with you, God. I pray that we would want to love you more, God, and want to follow your word, God, and want to know you. And so, God, I pray this morning that if there's anyone under the sound of my voice this morning who doesn't know who you are, Father, who doesn't understand what it uh, means to have a relationship with you, Father, that they would come forward, God, that we could talk to them about the redeeming love that you have for them. 
And Father, Lord, I pray for the ones in here who do know you. Father, that they would make a decision this morning of whether they're going to follow you, God, and make the right choices. Father, we love you. See you in every prayer. Amen.